Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. Fight week continues and it's Power Rankings Day. Welcome to the program. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. And you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. As I mentioned, it is a continuance of fight week as we look at the legacy of the champion and the co-main event looking at Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, we also have power rankings to go through now this time shifting our attention to the National Hockey League, um, and we'll get to do some trade talk in there as well. So, should be a fun day. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Remember, rate, review, subscribe this podcast wherever you can. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need a top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, let's start with our NHL power rankings. We will go 32 to 1 um, and talk about some of the trades that happened yesterday along the way. One team that made one of the blockbuster deals was the Columbus Blue Jackets as they send Korpisalo and Gravikov to the LA Kings in exchange for Jonathan Quick and a couple of picks. I would be stunned if Jonathan Quick played more than a minute with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I would imagine he gets flipped at some point here before Friday. Columbus is very much in the tank battle right now and are doing a hell of a job of it. At 31, it's Chicago. They trade Patrick Kane to the New York Rangers, which sucks. I like the Rangers. Um, I, I find them to be a very likable team. And now I, I don't find them to be a very likable team because they have that guy on their team. It's not much of a haul, but when you are dealing with a no-trade situation, uh, a no-trade clause situation, it tends to limit what you can do, and I think that's severely limited what Chicago was able to do. We'll see um, if they have any more wheeling and dealing in the next couple of days. The Anaheim Ducks haven't really been in the seller market just yet. They're coming in at number 30. At 29, it is... The uh, San Jose Sharks, they moved Timo Meyer out yesterday, so... Um, or a, a few days ago, so they are obviously in the tank. We'll see what they do with Eric Carlson now. I kind of thought that would be solved by this point, and now you have the Oilers who have gone out and made the move for Ekholm. We'll see what the market is now for the defenseman, Eric Carlson, because it kind of felt like that was kind of a one-team market, and I think it would be absolute negligence, really, on the San Jose Sharks' part to, to, to have that come in like that. So... Uh, we will see. At 28, it is Arizona. They're bad. At 27, it's the Canucks. It sounds like there's a couple of big moves coming from the Canucks. I am stunned. They only got a third for Luke Shen. I don't know if this is the organization doing Shen a solid and just like, hey, where do you want to go? But from a, a Vancouver standpoint, you had a defenseman who is on a very team-friendly contract in a market where people are falling all over themselves to give up uh, major assets for defensemen at this point. I, I am surprised it's only a third going back to Vancouver. I was saying before, like, I, I thought he'd be a great fit for Calgary, and I am I was worried because I thought eventually that market's going to get to a first-round pick. Uh, well, I, I misread that market a little bit because holy crap. Um, uh, only a third for Vancouver seemed a little bit surprising to me. At 26 at St. Louis, the sell-off continues. I'll be interested to see. We were talking about this with a couple of people the other day. The, like, a, a lot of the difference maker scorers are off the market. 
I wonder if they kind of circle back and and put a Buchnevich out there. They've already put a number of players out on the market, and if you are a team that is looking for another goal scorer, I, I'm just I'm such a big fan of Buchnevich. Um, I think that would be an interesting name out there. 25 Philly, 24 Washington, 23 Montreal. They're just playing well. Um, they uh, I think would obviously like it if the ping pong balls went their way, but this has been uh, I think a really good year development wise for a lot of the young players in Montreal. At 22 is Nashville. They are starting. To, to sell off at 21, the Calgary Flames after a disappointing loss last night. For my thoughts on that game, t- uh, check out Game Over Calgary on the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, um, either their YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts. At 20, it's Detroit. Uh, a couple of tough losses against the Ottawa Senators. We'll be seeing what the, the Red Wings do as we approach the deadline. 19, Buffalo. I said yesterday on today's ticket, I can't figure out the Buffalo Sabres. I continue to not be able to figure out the Buffalo Sabres. Um... Uh, another loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. 18, Ottawa. They refuse to go quietly into that dark night. Um, well, we'll see what they do. Apparently, they're in on Chikrin. Um, that's obviously more of a long-term play than anything. That's an interesting move. We'll see what kind of moves the Ottawa Senators do in the next couple of days. 17, uh, Florida. 16, Winnipeg. They've sneakily really fallen off as of late. Um... I I like that they've addressed some of the scoring needs they have by going out and getting a, a Nino Nita rider, but I, I still think they could use another piece in Winnipeg. At 15, it's Seattle. They're just kind of trucking along. 14, the Islanders. 13, Edmonton, although they have the potential to rocket up these now that they've got Ekholm. I, I love that move for Edmonton. I don't love giving up on Pooley Arvey. I, I think it's insane that a player that young, that talented, has been kind of forced out of town. Uh, 12, it's Pittsburgh. They're starting to, to really come on. 11, Tampa Bay. The, the record is up there, but uh, there's just something about this Lightning team that doesn't really strike me. Um, 10, it's the Kings. They go out. They, they have an obvious need on defense, and uh, I think they upgraded a goalie, quite frankly, as well. Um, it's interesting. Like, the, the 2010s dominated by the Kings and the Blackhawks, with the Bruins in there as well, of course. Uh, the Bruins still trucking along, but the, the, the Kings and the Blackhawks move out franchise cornerstones the other day. Kind of interesting. At 9, Dallas. I'm still not 100% sold on them. I would like to see another move by them. At 8, Minnesota, who are on fire right now. That uh, The Flames get them two times in the next four games. 7, it's Vegas. 6, Colorado. And the top 5 are all in the East. At 5, it's Carolina. Um, they were in on Timo Meyer and just couldn't quite pull the trigger. I like the Pugliarvi move a lot for them. At 4, it's the Rangers. We talked about like that this offense is going to be insane. Um, they have 3 excellent lines that they are able to, to roll out there. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to be good. Uh, the Devils at 3... Uh, Timo Meyer adding, like, I think Timo Meyer can be a difference maker on that team. At two, it's Toronto. I love the moves that the Leafs have been making so far. I think they have certainly built themselves in a way that they can make a, a real push here into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And at one, it's going to be locked in the rest of the year. It is the Boston Bruins. So those are your NHL power rankings this week. Some of the music on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. 
Alright, UFC 285 goes down this weekend from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. In the co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko will defend the UFC's Flyweight Championship against Alexa Grasso. Valentina Shevchenko is one of the top fighters in the history of women's mixed martial arts. Seven successful title defenses, the first woman to defend the UFC's Women's Flyweight Champion. So, where does this legacy rank all time. Let's take a look at it here. She starts her career in 2003 in Kyrgyzstan. She has been doing this for 20 years. It doesn't seem like she, which is crazy because she's 34. Do that math. Um, so, I mean, hey, Kyrgyzstan, right? Um, so <laughs> she's 34 now. So when was she born? That would make her born in 1988. I should have figured that out. I'm a year younger than her. Um, so 1988. So by the time 2010 rolls around, when she would be, what would that be, 21? She's 7-1 and one by her 21st birthday. Crazy, crazy, crazy craziness. Uh, she gets the Ultimate Fighting Championship in 2015, beating Sarah Kaufman by split decision. And then a matchup that would define the era that we weren't totally aware of just yet. UFC 196 from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, in the co-main event, Holly Holm, fresh off of her stunning upset win over Ronda Rousey, faces Misha, Ta uh, Misha Tate. But on the undercard, it's Valentina Shevchenko against Amanda Nunez. Nunez goes on to win that fight by unanimous decision. Holly Holm um, faces Valentina Shevchenko in their next bout on the UFC on Fox, and Shevchenko comes away with a victory, and that is when it is kind of like, okay, there is something special with this fighter. She goes on to beat up Juliana Pena, beating her by submission, and then the UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship is on the line against Amanda Nunez in Edmonton, Alberta at UFC 215. Nunez wins by split decision. And so this is where, when you look at the legacy of Valentina Shevchenko, this is where it kind of hits a wall. Because after this, she goes on an amazing run. She beats um, Priscilla Cacoera by submission. Ioanni and Jacek, Jessica I, Liz Carmouche, Caitlin Chukagian, Jennifer Maya, Jessica Andrange, Lauren Murphy, and Talia Santos. And just, uh, with the exception of Talia Santos, just annihilates the competition and so that this is such an intriguing era because like it's kind of Misha Tate Ronda Rousey where Misha Tate is good enough that if one other person didn't exist in her time frame uh, or in her timeline she is the best fighter of that generation the problem is for Misha Tate Ronda Rousey existed and for Valentina Shevchenko Amanda Nunes existed back-to-back -back losses um, against Amanda Nunes there are calls for a third fight even though you don't often get a trilogy when one fighter is down 0-2, but that second fight in 2017, it's crazy it was that long ago, but that second fight in 2017 was very hotly contested, we will say. So there is still a bit of a question mark, but I'll be interested to see if we get that. But no, after this, like it is so clear, Valentina Shevchenko is so much better than everyone not named Amanda Nunes. She quite frankly beat up Ioana Jacek, who would be kind of the third in this line. That wins the vacant UFC Women's Flyweight Championship, uh, then defending it with a knockout win over Jessica I, Liz Carmouche, Caitlin Chukagian, Jennifer Maya, like I said before, Andrade Murphy, and Talia Santos. All of them extremely talented fighters. Uh, there isn't really 
uh, a real dud in the bunch, right? Like Caitlin Chukagian, I'm not overwhelmed by the prowess of Caitlin Chukagian, but that is still a technically sound, very good, very tough fighter. And Valentina Shevchenko just beat the hell out of her. Same thing, like Jessica Andrade, terrifying fighter, whooped on her. Lauren Murphy, tough as all hell. That fight probably should have been called around earlier. Valentina Shevchenko will, I think, easily go down as one of the best fighters women's mixed martial arts will ever have produced. The problem is when you are stacking up resumes with her and Amanda Nunes, looking at Nunes, like, yes, she has the, the recent loss to Juliana Pena. She also beat Cyborg. Um, she's also beat Ronda Rousey. She's beat Misha Tate. And... Let's not forget, she's beat Shevchenko twice. Like, there, there's no way you can put Valentina Shevchenko's resume ahead of what Amanda Nunez has done. It is an amazing resume, and there is a who's who on here. Like, that, that is a marquee win over Joanna Janjacek. But to get into that upper echelon of, like, GOAT status, where I think Amanda Nunez is right now, I think you kind of have to be able to beat her at least once before we can put you ahead of her. So... We'll, we'll see what is left for Valentina Shevchenko. Now, like we said, she has been fighting since 2003 when she was merely 14 years old. What, what is the, uh, I guess, desire for Shevchenko to, to keep going? She is only 34, but there's a lot of miles on that 34-year-old body. She's obviously in amazing shape still, but we did see a stumble in this last fight. And women's flyweight is really starting to come up a little bit. I don't know how long, how much longer Shevchenko can stay at the top of the mountain. If she is able to get past Alexa Grasso here on Saturday night, which I do think she will be able to, but Grasso is not one that you can take lightly. And if the same Shevchenko that showed up against Talia Santos shows up against Alexa Grasso, we might be talking about one of the bigger upsets in the history of the sport. But for Shevchenko, if she's able to get past this, I think there has to be a real clamoring to get one more fight against Amanda Nunez in before the the the, the next generation catches up. But I mean, that's that's kind of what's on the line for Valentina Shevchenko coming up this weekend is to see if she can hold on to this level of greatness for at least a little bit longer. Because make no mistake about it, what we have witnessed from her in her career is nothing short of absolute greatness, and we get another chance to see one of the most talented fighters in the history of this sport coming up Saturday uh, at UFC 285 against Alexa Grasso. Now it's time for today's ticket. All right, nothing's really shifted for us in the UFC market just yet the way we want it to. Um, we do have a, now a, a Shevchenko-Grasso line. It is Shevchenko minus 588. Man, Grasso plus... 475 is really intriguing. If you like Valentina Shevchenko, may I suggest under three and a half rounds, which is at minus 120 right now. That might be the better value. But we're going to go with an underdog play for the UFC. The, the odds haven't been up for this this week. I'm going to go Trevin Jones over Cody Garbrandt. I, I just think Cody Garbrandt is kind of done. So I think Trevin Jones, as the underdog, can pull off the upset. It's at plus 147 at Cool Bet. Moving into the NHL for today's ticket on the Wednesday slate. Still a bit of a busier Wednesday slate and a fun one with the Toronto Maple Leafs in Edmonton to take on the Oilers, which means the, the Flames once again get a team off of a back-to-back. -back. That'll be three games in a row. Uh, but we're going to go with the Rangers, minus 125 over the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, one of the market inefficiencies we're going to look to capitalize on is real good teams taking on real bad teams. Um, and I think we get one there with the Rangers taking on the Flyers. Uh, we're also going to take 
the ah, Dallas doesn't score enough to, to feel confident in taking that as a blowout one. But what a game we have later on tonight with Carolina taking on Vegas. That is an eight o'clock start, eight o'clock mountain time out there. And in the NBA, it is once again a very full slate on the NBA schedule this evening. Uh, not a whole lot that we love on here tonight. The Knicks are playing really good, taking on Brooklyn. Uh, we'll go Milwaukee, minus 7.5 over the Orlando Magic. I, I like that one a fair amount. So just three on the ticket, and only two of them are happening today. We're going to go the Milwaukee Bucks, minus 7.5 over the Orlando Magic. That is at Bodog. We're going to go the Rangers, minus a goal and a half over the Philadelphia Flyers. And we're taking an upset pick, uh, or an underdog pick, on UFC 285 with Trevin Jones taking on Cody Garbrandt. That one is uh, plus 147 at CoolBet. We will click track, and that is today's ticket. And that's today's show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We're going to do another legacy look on John Jones on the show tomorrow, and we're also going to start to get ready for AEW Revolution coming up on Sunday night. Um, the latest pay-per-view from AEW, it is always special when All Elite Wrestling puts on a pay-per-view, so we're going to start to get ready for that as we gear up for what is supposed to be a really exciting weekend for combat sports fans across the the globe. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show couch potato diary at yahoo.com. Talk till tomorrow. I'm out. <laughs>